The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the New York Lucis Trust Full Moon Meditation Meeting. Each month we work together as a group to contact, hold, and distribute spiritual energy in the service of humanity and all life forms. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork at lucistrust.org, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T dot org. Good evening, everyone. <clears throat> and good evening to everyone who's listening out there on Internet land. Welcome to our meditation meeting in the sign of Capricorn. And tonight we'll be briefly looking into the subject of direction as it relates to a number of themes on the spiritual path. Now, you might be saying to yourself, I see what you did there, because, of course, the very idea of a path necessarily implies a direction. A path is something which extends between a point of departure and a point of arrival. Two points and a line which joins them. Now, the line, the path, might be straight, or it might meander all over a landscape, because of various obstacles and shortcuts. But without an idea of the right direction to move in, to reach the point of arrival, the actual shape of the landscape that confronts the traveller will not matter. For the point of arrival may well be over the horizon and out of sight until we get quite close. We also have the idea of landmarks as aids to help maintain our direction. Our civilization has developed sophisticated techniques for mapping and navigating space. We have longitude and latitude, the four cardinal directions of north, south, east and west, the compass and the technological marvel that is GPS. All of these aspects of motion through physical space may also have analogies in the realms of consciousness and life. Since we are talking about direction and paths, we are also implicitly talking about motion, which is said to be the ultimate basis of all existence. As Helena Blavatsky notes in The Secret Doctrine, the one life is eternal, Invisible, yet omnipresent, without beginning or end, yet periodical in its regular manifestations. It's one absolute attribute, which is itself, eternal, ceaseless motion, is called in esoteric parlance the great breath, which is the perpetual motion of the universe in the sense of limitless, ever-present space. That which is motionless cannot be divine. 
But then there is nothing in fact and reality absolutely motionless within the universal soul. Now by definition all motion must have a direction. And it is said that the three fundamental aspects of existence, matter, consciousness and spirit, express themselves through three basic types or directions of motion. Matter, or active intelligence, expresses itself through rotary or circular motion, which is due to the fire latent in matter itself. Rotary motion is apparent all around us. Atoms, planets, solar systems and galaxies all rotate on their axes and within the perimeter of these whirling, unified spheres are to be found variety and differentiation. By the revolution of matter, activity is increased, making the material more pliable and adaptable. And we'll return to the idea of an axis of rotation as something which defines a direction later on. Consciousness, or love-wisdom, is seeking to blend with this active intelligence with the third aspect and adds to the rotary motion of all atoms, spiralling periodical movement. By circulation along an orbit around a central focal point in an ever-ascending spiral, two results are brought about. Firstly, the gathering of atoms into forms, and secondly, by means of these forms, the gaining of needed contact and the development of consciousness through a gradual rarefying and refining of the forms as the spirit of love or the flame divine spirals ever onward towards the source from which it came. The first Logos of the Trinity expresses spirit or divine will through linear motion, a literal driving forward through space. This forward progression is the will behind the evolutionary process that drives spirit onward until it emerges from matter with added quality and faculty from the experience it has undergone. Returning to rotary motion or rotation, in its pure form we can think of this as a type of motion or direction which is constantly repeating. It goes from A to B and then back to A and on to B and so on and so on. Consider this from the standpoint of the disciple as he repeatedly incarnates and while details may vary, he encounters the same basic, basic situations over and over again. This repetition, which primarily takes place in the mutable cross of change, offers opportunity to learn and eventually, when he or she is able to inject a new direction of motion to move on, the injection of the new direction of motion is crucial and shows why a purely material universe, one based only on rotary motion, is one which does not evolve. To escape this perpetual rotation, we have the needed component of free will, which allows the disciple to respond differently when the same situation is encountered again. And if we think about it, this combination of direct linear motion and rotation is in fact a spiral. In other words, 
Matter plus spirit produces consciousness. The recognition of evolving sensitivity and ability to respond to our surroundings. So let's pause now for a few moments of silence and then we'll say together the mantra of the disciple. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God. And thus I stand. <clears throat> I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength, enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light, shining upon their way. And thus I stand. And standing thus revolve, and tread this way the ways of men and know the ways of God, and thus I stand. <clears throat>
Another dimension of rotary motion is that it organises space, creating a symmetrical matrix or lattice which the dynamic impact of spirit can energise and then reconfigure. In the Bailey teachings, we are familiar with the seventh ray's power to organise through ceremonial ritual. This process is carried right down into the mineral kingdom, where the beauty of crystal structures represents its ultimate expression. What does this have to do with rotation? Well, in crystallography, which is the science of determining the arrangement of atoms in the crystalline solids, one of the main ways of differentiating between the symmetries of different crystal structures is via their rotational axes of symmetry. These axes define specific directions within the structure. Another way in which an axis defines or creates direction through rotation is seen in gyroscopes, which are themselves models of the rotational motion of atoms, planets and stars. <clears throat> It can be fascinating to play with a gyroscope and to actually feel how, as its rate of rotation increases, it becomes more and more difficult to deflect the axis of rotation from its current direction. As with the gyroscope, so it is with all rotating bodies. And the directions of north and south are defined on Earth by the axis of its rotation. As we also know <clears throat> from astronomy and astrology, this has the significant consequence of orienting the Earth's axis towards a pole star, which at the moment is Polaris and the Little Bear. I say at the moment because there is a wobble in the axis of rotation. The same wobble can also be seen in gyroscopes, which means that the direction of the axis itself moves in a circle over a period of around 26,000 years creating new pole stars from time to time. For example, <clears throat> Gamma Cephei will be closer to the North Celestial Pole around 3000 AD. Thus, over that long cycle, the direction of the Earth's axis determines one of the many types of cosmic energies which impact us. We learn more about this cosmic energy of the pole star and the connection of it with a spiritual sense of direction in the Tibetan's remarks on Leo, which he says is the sign wherein the consciousness of individuality is developed, utilised and finally consecrated to divine purpose. It is related to Polaris, the pole star, and it is also peculiarly, peculiarly susceptible to the influence of that pointer in the Great Bear which is the nearest to the pole star, Esoterically speaking, the pole star is regarded as the start of reorientation, whereby the art of recovering that which is lost is developed. This eventually brings a man back to his originating source. It may therefore be correctly inferred <coughs> that this pointer and the energy emanating from it guides humanity upon the involutionary path and is constantly active in its influence upon the man who is still upon the mutable cross. Then the energy of the pointer furthest from the pole star begins to make its presence felt and a sense of right direction or guidance is registered by the disciple upon the path. 
and such guidance, when followed, leads man nearer to the hierarchy. It is here that the divine necessity of achieving alignment is portrayed for us in the symbolism of the sky. And when it has been achieved, then there is a direct inflow of divine energy and man is linked up in a new and creative manner to sources of divine supply. Astrologers will do well, in connection with the horoscopes of disciples and particularly of initiates, to consider the two pointers and the pole star. They are mysteriously connected with the three aspects of incarnated man, spirit, soul and body. These three stars are embodiments of the three aspects of divine will. It is the three aspects of all expressions of divinity and manifestation which underlie the science of triangles. Now, it's difficult to believe that such a fundamental spiritual property of the Earth as its axial tilt and direction of rotation is purely the result of physical motion. And indeed, according to Helena Blavatsky, the karmic disturbance of the axis has produced periodical deluges and glacial periods. Also, as the Tibetan says, at each of the great shifts in the Earth's axis there has been upheaval, confusion and cataclysm, preceding reconstruction, stabilisation and relative quiet. Of these macrocosmic events, there are similar microcosmic correspondences in the lives of both humanity and individual man. <clears throat> Hence the present world crisis, though precipitated by human error and sinfulness, by past karma and emerging idealism, responsive to the development of the intellect and the appearance of the intuition, is basically the result of much greater and vaster combinations of force currents and macrocosmic relations. Before moving on to further consideration of the effects of rotation, it's worth noting the Sufi term Qutub, which literally translated means axis or pole. Qutub can simply mean a great holy man in Islam. Or more profoundly, it can refer to the one person in each age who serves as the spiritual anchor for humanity who resides at the top of the hierarchy of saints and exerts significant unseen influence on human affairs. This definition naturally leads us to think of the Christ, or beyond him, Sanat Kumara, and it is also in keeping with the idea of an axis of rotation which is fixed in direction, and which determines the general orientation of whole systems or hierarchies of beings. Another well-known physical phenomenon associated with rotation, which also connects strongly with the direction of forces and energies, is its power to attract and to repel, as shown in the vortices of whirlpools, tornadoes and hurricanes. Indeed, this vortical structure is evident in the more fundamental structure, the chakra or centre, as it appears at many different scales. Although we are most familiar with its manifestations in the etheric, astral and mental vehicles of human beings. So we read, <clears throat> each centre or chakra is composed of three concentric interblending whorls or wheels, 
which in the spiritual man upon the probationary path moves slowly in one direction, but gradually quicken their activity as he nears the portal of the path of initiation. On initiation, the centre of the chakra, a point of latent fire, is touched, and the rotation becomes intensified, and the activity fourth-dimensional. Thus, we can say that the centres are points in space, somehow defined to a degree by their rotary motion, which in turn means that they are attractive to certain forces or energies and energies and are able to channel them in specific directions. In Telepathy in the Etheric Vehicle, it says the centres are in reality focal points through which energy can be distributed under skilled direction. In order to make a needed impact upon those centres or individuals which the disciple seeks to aid. We should, of course, bear in mind that this process is learnt not by concentrating on the centres themselves, as this can overstimulate them, but rather on the energies which the centres receive and transmit. This description of the centres brings us back full circle to the directive power of the will, which should be conditioned by the love-wisdom of the soul as it seeks to serve the plan. In Destiny of the Nations, the Tibetan remarks that the first thing which every disciple has to learn is the nature, control and direction of energy. This involves the constant investigation of motives until he has discovered what they are and has so directed his thought that those motives can, in every case, be depended upon to work automatically and dynamically under soul direction. This theme of right direction of energy continues on and up the scale as the disciple advances, as we can see from this passage on the master forming an ashram. How does a master form and organise his ashram or inner group of which the personnel is provided from the outer group of aspirants? It must surely be apparent to you that a master in forming his ashram proceeds as automatically as does the creator. He meditates, he visualises, he speaks, and that which he seeks to create and to materialise in line with the hierarchical plan begins to take form by the power of his focused and directed thought, he attracts to him those whose type of mind synchronises with his, because of ray, karmic relationships, point in evolution and love for humanity. In the words, focus and direction lie the key to any technique or method of contributing to what I might here call the reservoir of thought, which is an ashram. It is a sustained focus plus a dynamic direction which makes this reservoir of thought contributory to world service and creatively effective. So, let's now turn to a work of meditation together, bearing in mind that we are seeking to receive and direct energies into human consciousness as a whole. 
In so doing, we are helping humanity to recognise and to follow the spiritual direction of evolution in line with the plan and the logoic purpose. Our seed thought is, Lost am I in light supernal, yet on that light I turn my back. Letting in the light. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart centre of the new group of world servers, <clears throat> mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates, reach and encourage them. Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy.
extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher into loot. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination endeavour to see the three planetary centres of Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity gradually coming into alignment and into play.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. Lost am I in light supernal, yet on that light I turn my back. Lost am I in light supernal, yet on that light I turn my back.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill, physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together sound the affirmation. In the centre of all love I stand. From that centre I, the soul, will outward move. From that centre, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the Divine Self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy, streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ.
distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy directed through the five planetary centers of London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva and Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the centre which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power Restore the plan on earth.
Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for your participation in this group service. Please join us again next month. To receive announcements for our meetings, please email us at newyork@lucistrust.org. AC is blowing hot air. Let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, oh.